The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, we'll have a Bears pregame on uh, the network coming up in an hour. We've got uh, the hometown call with Joniak and Thayer just after 7 o'clock. Be with Lance Briggs, Dion Miller, Courtney Cronin will be in Minneapolis, J-Mac on the field. We'll have Ryan Poles, we'll have Matt Eberflus. It'll be fantastic. And don't forget, I take your calls at halftime, good or bad. We'll put them on. We do something that not many other NFL teams do. By the way, we'll talk to Matty Refluss tomorrow right here at 210. That is correct. 210 for the coaches show. A 312-332-3776. That number gets you in now. That number gets you in for pregame. That number gets you in for halftime. And that number gets you in for postgame. The good kid is currently sleeping under his desk in the office getting ready for the postgame show. He'll have his shoes off. Uh, while we watch the game in the conference room, and he'll be watching soccer highlights, did he, asking me why I did not bring him dinner. I was just going to say, has he asked you yet to purchase him dinner? No, he usually watches me uh, as I open up my dinner, wherever I get it from, say, well, where's mine? And I'll be like, well, there are restaurants all over the place. Good kids on his own, uh, on his own dime and on his own, uh, you know, whatever. Got to go get his own food. Uh, by the way, we're, we're all together on Wednesday, uh, 6.30 to 8.30, Benny's Beverage Depot, Lincoln Park. We'll be drinking few whiskey. We'll be judging whiskey. Who picked the best barrel? Uh, join us, 720 North Marcy Street, 6.30 to 8.30 on Wednesday. Every show, Cap and Jay Hood, Carmen and Yurko, Waddle and Selvie, Black and Abdallah. There will be producers there. This is a rare... Uh, event where all the shows will be together as one. It is free. It is open to the public. Benny's Beverage Depot, Lincoln Park. Join us on Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30. Going to have a blast. Uh, before we get to Aki's A-list, uh, so you did not make a play on the game I just yet? did. I just did. Oh, what did you make? Uh, I played a parlay. The Bears getting seven and a half and over parlayed with over 40 total points. So it was plus one ten. So you you put it up to seven and a half. Yes, and then you played the over. Yes, over forty points. By the way, did you know NFL betting history can be made tonight if the Vikings can cover the three points against the Bears? Favorites have covered the spread in twelve of fifteen games in Week Twelve, tying the record for most in a single week, which was Week Twelve of twenty seventeen in the Super Bowl era. So if, in fact, the Vikings cover tonight, cover the three, it will be a historic gambling night yeah. for favorites. Week, yeah. Uh, th- because mostly, like, weren't at least the first half of the year, the dogs were barking? I think so. Uh, I have the Bears plus three. I took the okay. Bears to make it interesting. Um, I heard Vikings Scott call in earlier. I made the play before I heard him. But like the most Vikings games are close. The Bears had yeah. a chance to close that game. This is Josh Dobbs, who is like 2-8 starting. 
uh, or too intense, something like that. Starting and, to see some just, of the warts in his game. Yeah. Turning uh, the ball over a little bit. I her- hope that Justin has learned from the first Brian Flores experience. I don't believe that the running lanes are going to be there. None, like He's going to have to win with his arm. I don't believe that Brian Flores is going to show him exactly tonight what he showed him in week six. So he's going to have to be, his head's going to have to be on a swivel because I know they're going to try to get him with different things. But Rem- they won't let him run. Like right? well, remember, Won't they adjust about him running the football? I, I think they'll play things differently than the Lions. I thought the Lions were hideous at trying to set the edge. Like, Justin was consistently able to bounce outside. I don't know if they're going to have the same, Justin will have the same success with the read option, trying to get outside of Daniil Hunter or Woonham, I believe is his name. Um, but I don't know. But if you go back to week six, remember the Vikings did give up 162 rushing yards on a 4.5 yard per clip uh, average. And Fields had 46 yards rushing in just over two quarters of play because he got hurt early in the third quarter. So they were able to grind out a little bit of uh, of success on the on the ground. They're a run first football team, so they're going to have to focus on running the football and hope that the play action comes off of it. I'm really interested to see a what Flores throws at Justin and this offense that's different than what we saw in Week Six, and I'm very interested to see how Justin responds. And again, I think what we can learn too is. Sometimes, again, you learn a lot from sitting back and watching. And I thought we saw a clean performance from Justin last week. I thought we saw a decisive performance from him. And if you see another clean, decisive performance from him, I think you can come to the conclusion that not only did the injury give him time to heal up and get some fresh legs, it may have given him a different perspective on his own approach. Mm, I have uh, DJ Moore, again, the usual go-to bad I always play his over in yardage. I got to feed DJ How Moore. How many yards is it now? 65? Well, I got him at fi- I played it. I always played earlier in the week because it tr- usually trends up. Uh, 59 and a half I got him at. So I played the over there. And then I played Roshan Johnson over 22 and a half y- yards rushing because usually when they have their two, their two uh, backs, they usually get carries for both. And without uh, Deontay Foreman, Roshan's going to get his carries, too. I would think that Roshan would probably get even more carries in this game versus a game against the Lions or somebody else because pass protection, because of the different looks, is going to be even more important, and he's the best of their group protecting the quarterback. So those were those were my I plays like it. that I made. So. I was looking for catches, DJ Moore over catches, but over four and a half catches is like minus 195. It's too much juice. It's something else to look at. Is that what you played in Like It, Love It? No. Uh, yeah, it's your last. It's your last leg. What? What? Well, was, how did he get in on that? If it's minus it one ninety. Uh, what was it at the time? I when didn't I see. What, well, I didn't see what the juice was at the time. That's, um, a, that's an illegal what play. Time, what time? Or how? What was the number? Was it over? I think four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Well, then I'll have to adjust it then because it, right now it's plus one nine or it's minus one ninety. I think. So I'll, I'll change it. I'll give you a different it's a personal number. Personal file. Number 87 on the offense. Yeah, it's too much juice. Totally in- intentional because when I was sitting in South Carolina, all I could really focus on was making sure. I was drinking beer and smoking sex. Was making sure Texan that I, Harbaugh. I sent the rights like it, love it in so I could maintain my lead. That's exactly what I was, was dialed into. Uh, the other thing I was going to say to you was 
Joshua Dobbs has a rushing touchdown in five straight games. Oh. So something to keep an eye on as well if you are looking to gamble on. Why not? Why not? So DJ Moore over 68 and a half. Is it 66? 68 and a half yards is minus 130. I would have never given you that. So it must have changed. But I'll give you something different. Okay. I'll give you something different before we get out of here. Okay, good. You want to get to Aki's A-list here? Let's do it. It's time for Aki's A-list. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-list on ESPN Chicago. So uh, this comes uh, from Tyler Aki, our executive producer, who always has questions, and we weren't getting to them. So we made it a segment. This way, Tyler gets to ask all of his questions. What do you got for us today? All right, well, let's start with the non-Bears news of the day, and that it, well, it still kind of ties into the Chicago Bears as well. But Frank Reich fired by the Carolina Panthers after not even lasting one season with them. So... How concerned, because the Bears obviously have the, the Panthers' number one overall, num- first-round pick for this year, which right now is trending towards being the number one overall pick. How concerned are you that the firing of Frank Reich could bump the Bears out of the number one overall slot? I'm not, I'm not worried at all. They didn't become a, a talent, more talented football team. Uh, I'm, I'm a, look, I'm, I'm concerned at my shadow. So I, I walk around <laughs> concerned. Um, because it could give them a little more juice. Status quo was was the best thing that could have happened but to Carolina. But do you Carolina. think the team didn't like Frank Reich, or do you think that the owner didn't like Frank Reich? No, it, I know what you're saying, but the best thing that would have he one minute he was the offensive coordinator, the next minute he wasn't, then he was OC again. I think the best thing that could have happened for the Bears is status quo the rest of the season. I think any time you shake the tree. Something could happen, and another limb falls you, off. You could have an inspired performance. What sucked for the Bears is the Patriots just can't win because that would have given them a buffer of a game. Because if the because Carolina, I do believe will win a game with Frank Reich or without Frank Reich. I do believe they're going to luck into a win. Do you agree with that? I think it's just too unpredictable, and I think that. They have won, and if every other team has three, it would have given them the buffer of having that at least free win that if they would have won a game, they still have that extra that extra win to play with. But because the Patriots suck so bad. The Carolina Panthers are at Tampa this, this next game. Then they go to New Orleans. Those are two games I think they'll lose. They're at home against the Falcons. Then they're at home against the Packers. They're at the Jags. And then they're at home against the Bucks. Will they win one of those games? Maybe. Maybe the Bucks or maybe the Falcons. Maybe. I would give them. I would not. Remember, I, they, if, beat, they beat the Texans. That's the, that's the game they won. If, in fact, I was forced to make a play, I would still bet under two and a half total wins. Which means I would give you one more win for them. And then who does uh, New England? I thought New England was going to win this game against the Giants. They've got the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Bills, and the Jets. 
Where did Wink Mark- Martindale coach before the Giants? Was he in Baltimore? He was in the Ravens for a long so could, time. So could, is it possible that Harbaugh puts together the old John Harbaugh coaching staff? And, and remember, b- b- before, that was his OC as well. Well, you also know that the Baltimore Raven DC, if I'm not mistaken, is Michigan's former oh. defensive coordinator, the young guy right. that they showed a lot last night. Isn't that, Tyler, you're the college I believe guy. you're correct. That yeah. is Harbaugh's old, old defensive DC. coordinator. So Wink Martindale is having a falling out right now with Dable. That was reported by Jake Glazer. So he could become available as a DC. And then what's, what's his name who's out of coaching this year? Who's the old John Jim Harbaugh OC in San Francisco? Greg uh, Roman. Greg yeah. Roman. And then he was the OC in Baltimore for many years. You could put Roman... Wink Martindale and Jim Harbaugh all together, all together as what a about coaching staff. Vic Fangio. Well, is he in Miami? In Miami. Vic went to Miami, from what I understand, because that's where he wanted to be. What if he wants to rejoin his old buddy Jim Harbaugh? I don't think Vic wants to come back to Chicago when he can be in Miami. I don't think Vic likes anybody. That's I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think Vic's a, a Vic's a quirky dude. So is Jim. Yes, I'm with you 100. percent But I think that's a pretty. That's a pretty interesting coaching staff. Those are some veterans right there who are still pretty good at their jobs. Absolutely. I'm in. Yeah. Totally. So I'll sign up right now, 60%. 60%, it, 60% chance. It works every time. Yeah. How about, like, listen, Kevin Warren can be, let's just play the what if game. Kevin Warren can be as uncomfortable as humanly possible with Jim Harbaugh. But if Jim Harbaugh sits down in a coaching interview and presents, just a knock-your-socks-off presentation as to who's my offensive coordinator, who's my defensive coordinator. This is my track record with young quarterbacks. This is how I've done this. This is my winning percentages. I mean, it's I, I can understand how it would be a pretty impressive sales pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's next, Tyler? All right, so we've seen now two firings within the NFL. I'm going to give you two more that are also kind of writing on the wall. And I'm going to include the Bears in this exercise. So I think we're going to see the end of Brandon Staley come the end of the year. And we're going to see the end of Ron Rivera in Washington as well by the time the season is over. Among the five jobs, so Chicago, I'm giving you Los Angeles, Washington, Vegas, and Carolina. Where do the Bears slot in terms of most attractive spot? Who are the spots again? You've got Vegas, you've got... Carolina, Washington, L.A., the Chargers, and the Bears. Well, one is is salary. Two is the quarterback. And I would say that when you've got a guy in L.A., in Herbert, that he's the known quantity. But they have they are notoriously cheap with spending. So well, that would what, work against the Chargers. Now, and I know that the Bears have spent on salary, but that's because they have to. Correct. They don't notoriously spend on their coaches. So, while you could say that about the Chargers, where is the track record for the Bears spending on their coaches? Yeah, I don't believe there is one. Maybe that's a new track record that will be part of Kevin Warren's controlling the situation. I would think that you would have had to spend to get Kevin Warren. I would think so. I don't don't think he would have come to. I mean, Lovey was one of the highest paid coaches, wasn't he, in the league when he was here? 
I'm not at sure. least for a stretch. Like the the old story goes that Jerry Angelo wanted Nick Saban. Jerry Angelo had a, re- a re- relationship with Nick Saban, and he went down. And Nick Saban wanted the job. Uh, the Bears wanted him, and it was a no go because of the salary that he wanted. They wanted him. He wanted the job. Say what you want about Nick Saban and what he was in the NFL, whatever. That's not, that's not the drill here. The drill was is they wanted their coach, but they didn't want to pay their coach. Was, was Mike McCaskey, the late Mike McCaskey, the president of the team at no, that time? It no. was George? Yes, it was. And, it was, yeah, this was, uh, this was when they hired Lovey instead. So I'm trying no I'm trying to think yeah that was after it was Ted who was running point then. Okay. Ted was running the organization. Ted was the lead voice then. And Ted gave it as a stop. A full stop. They could have gotten Nick. Nick wanted to be here and they didn't want to pay him. They just didn't didn't want to do what they needed to get him. So if Jim wants to be here and they want Jim, will they give him the money that it will take to get him away from the Raiders and the Chargers in Michigan? It's such a small price to pay to get the right guy as your coach. It's just silly to have a stance that wouldn't accept that. So if the Bears are willing to pay, I'm not going to play the charter franchise card, but to have two first picks that are top five or seven and one of them could be number one, and you can have the the impact of picking that guy, your guy, I think that makes the Bears gig as good of a job out there as any. And I do believe they have talent on this team. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think that the cupboard is bare at all. Um, I, I mean, the Carolina job is not overly appealing to me when compared. I don't think the Washington job is overly appealing. Uh, you know, impressive when you compare it. The one draw to the Chargers is is there's a lot of talent on that team, including their quarterback. It's a tough place to to gain any traction with regard to a fan base. You're going to be playing, for the most part, you're going to be playing 17 away games. But I don't know how much that and and they don't pay their you know they don't spend a lot of money. Other than that, you'd have to choose. I think the. I think Jim got started, didn't he, with the Raiders in terms yes. of a, a you I know. covered him at the Super Bowl that, what's his name, went AWOL at? Was it, was it Barrett? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Barrett I know Robbins? Was, yes. Was that his I think name? the center for the Raiders. Yes. What, what Super Bowl was that? The, it was with Tampa. It was Gruden. The Gruden Super Bowl. When it, Gruden left the Raiders and was in Tampa. Was it Callahan was the, yes, was the interim Bill coach? Bill Callahan was their, he was in interim, I think he was their head coach. The head coach at the time. So it was, it was um, Tampa against the Raiders in San Diego. And remember, Tom Brady is now a part owner of the, or will be, of the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think that? Well, he's a Michigan guy. I mean, Jim, I'm sure there is an appreciation. I don't know if that would be the issue that sends things over the top in their favor. I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to connect dots, what, don't know, though. Do you, they don't can spend you get a lot of money qu- either. Can you get your quarterback there? I don't, I mean, you'd have to draft him. I mean, you're... And where are they drafting? They're drafting, like, middle... Well, right like, now they're 5 and 7. Yeah, they're, like, what, drafting 10th or 12th or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they're not drafting high enough that it would be one of the top guys. Look, I think this is an attractive, this is an attractive destination. 
I know when you say that, you know, you, you, we have all said that in the past that people have giggled at times. But I think for a lot of the reasons what, that we've just discussed makes this a, a, a pretty and, a, a, and again, it's a bigger draw, I would assume, for Jim likely than maybe some others. Well, explain what you said earlier, too, about him playing here. Why it would matter. Well, I mean, think about it. He, he, played, he went to play for Bo Schembechler at Michigan, had a beautiful career there as a collegiate quarterback, and then went back to coach his alma mater. And then he came here, you know, after his collegiate career and was the quarterback here and played for Mike Ditka. And I know he thinks the world of, you know, his experience with Mike, despite Mike ripping his face off in the old Metrodome, for uh, calling an audible in a no audible situation, but he still has the tremendous amount of respect for, and to come back and coach here where he played, and kind of bring back a buzz that hasn't existed since Lovey, right? I mean, well, Lovey's the last time they're, they're similar, aren't they? Where he went to go back to Michigan to fix it, yes, and he would be coming here to fix it. And, and, and if you could be the guy to get this team back on track. As a former player, much in the way Mike Ditka did. I mean, like, you can draw the parallels. So I think that this spot would be, I, I would think, I've never had this conversation with Jim ever. I would think that being the Bears head coach would mean something to him at some point. If, in fact, it was available and they were interested in him. I think it would mean a lot to him. You got one more, Tyler? Yeah, real quick. Game of the day yesterday and maybe even of the season. Eagles taking down the Bills 37-34. But Josh Allen, now 0-6 in overtime games, still has yet to find that elusive win. And is it starting to feel like Josh Allen just may never win that really big game to solidify his career as one of the all-time greats? And my answer is no. My answer is he was great in that game. I know he didn't win. I, I know he missed an open receiver, and they were not communicating well on which way to go. Their kicker missed a couple of very easy yeah. kicks, too, didn't they? Like, if, they make, if he makes one of those, they win. Like, is this, uh, is this a crazy prediction to make or not at all a crazy prediction? I, I don't even know what, well, how this would be regarded. I still think with how open and how non that there's not one great team in the AFC. They're all good. They're all really good, even Kansas City. That if they sneak in, they could still be one of those teams like the Giants, like when the year that the Green Bay Packers won. I wouldn't write them off. Yes, that they still have the talent, that they all the adversity that they've gone through, that they're a team that could still, on any given Sunday, play the best football. Because he's that, he can be that great. He reminds me a lot of Favre more than anybody. And again, like Favre did more winning than he did in crunch time. Favre won a Super Bowl and went to another one, right? Yes. But he plays the game like Favre, where he is going to do something that puts you in harm's way. But then he's probably going to respond with two or three things that put you... Ahead of the opponent. Yes, yes. So, like, he is a very much one of these. He's not a new age quarterback in that approach. He's new age that he's a dual threat. But he's not new age as to taking care of the football. He's going to lead you. I think he leads the NFL in touchdown passes and interceptions. He does. So, the one thing I thought from that game that I mentioned to you earlier was, we think it's, you know, people think it's hard here in Chicago. The... The Eagles, I believe, were 9-1 when that game kicked off. 
And through the first quarter, if you watch that game, maybe even halfway through the second quarter, their fans were booing the hell out of them. Yeah. They booed them off the field at halftime. Yeah, sure they did. <laughs> yep. Nine and one. Yep. Right. They went but, to the Super Bowl last right, year. Right. Right. But 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 our players were offended when they were booed after getting beat by the Packers resoundingly. It's just a different world in Philly. R- 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 yeah. Different you, atmosphere. Like, you just don't understand. They don't understand how good they have it yes. here. Amen you, you, you just don't. Yeah. We're fair. We're, we're very fair. We just, like, just play well. Play better. And, like, no one will boo you for being 9-1 here. No. At any point. <laughs> you could take a poop on, on the 50-yard line. Every one of your players, if you're nine and one, and go into the half down thirty, and you're probably going to get a standing out. Yep, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bears a pregame coming your way in thirty five minutes from right now. Coming up next, it's the good, the bad, the dirty. A recap of the sports weekend next. Ah, commuting in Chicago. Ah, if you're stuck. Stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays 2 to 6. The good. It's gone! Oh my god! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I thought my mask. Wow, so many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. That's right, the good, the bad, the dirty will go around the room. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing dirty. Anything from the weekend. It could be sports. It could be anything we experienced. You got anything for Black Friday? You got anything for Cyber Monday? Did you go out? Did you drink? Did you smoke? Did you have a good Thanksgiving dinner? could be anything like that. Yep. Waddle, what's your good? Uh, my good was Michigan beating Ohio State 30-24 to in that game. Uh, obviously, was pulling for Harbaugh and his Wolverine team. And uh, was happy to see the outcome. I thought it was a pretty convincing second half. Did you hear um, Roman Wilson after the game, too, call out um, both Marvin Harrison Jr. and some of the other Michigan I did not, players? I did not. For not being, not being as tough as they. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. has worn Louis Vuitton spikes and stuff. So? I mean, like, I told the receivers this whole week, like, you got guys back there, like, this is a thing that I thought too, like guys who you want to put on like the Louis V, like the thousand dollar outfit, like you want to act hard, but when we're out there, like they're not hard. Like I see the film, like you're not tough. Like, and I don't think I'm the toughest guy in the world, but you know, I'm out there, I'm getting physical. Like I don't think they wanted it like how I wanted it. What do you think about that? Is he one of their defensive backs? No, he's a receiver. He's a receiver. I, I think that's silly, but he's a young kid. I don't think what you wear makes you tough or not tough. Well, he was saying that they act tough, and then when they're out there, then they're, they don't play tough. I think Marvin Harrison plays plenty he, tough. He's good. He's, he's plenty tough. He's really good. Did you yeah. see that spin move he had? I see, he's, he was the best player I saw in college football last season, by far. This year, I'm, I mean, I haven't seen as much of him as I saw last year, but he's I, crazy good. I mentioned this earlier. Um, if the Bulls are going to blow... Um, you might as well take advantage of them blowing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch a dribble yesterday, and I, I noticed online that they were up 30-11 to 11 against the Brooklyn Nets. So I went to um, the gambling app, and I'm like, ooh, 
They're up 30 to 11 in Brooklyn. What what are the Nets right now? So it, the Nets were plus 300. You know me. I don't play a lot. It's not like I put a big bet down. To but, win? Yes. And the money line, the Nets were plus 300. Yeah. It was 30 to 11 Bulls. They ended up having a 21-point lead, uh, I think, at the start of the second quarter. I didn't watch, so I didn't know how the game flow was going or anything. I'm, I'm sort of, it's not a... It's not like a real organized boycott, but I'm sort of just tuning them out at this point. They're not. There was football on. They're I not have, appointment television. I, you know, and and I'm. They're sort of not my, worth my time. And if they don't care, I don't care. So I'm I'm staying away from them. So without seeing them, I just said, "There's no way they're finishing this game." Or at least the Nets have a run in them. Let's make a play in the Nets plus 300. It's very early in the game. Yeah. So sure enough, I I played plus 300, and that was my good. Got some drinking money. My good is if the Bulls are going to suck, let's take advantage of them sucking. And let's make some money on them sucking. And that's what I did yesterday. My good from the weekend was the quarterback play in Jaguars and Texans, Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud. That looks like it's going to be a great divisional battle moving forward over the next uh, handful of years, maybe even a decade worth of quarterbacking there. But Trevor Lawrence, he had four completions of over 40 yards, and C.J. Stroud set the record for most consecutive starts by a rookie with 300 yards in a game. Also ran in a touchdown as well. It was a lot of fun. The the game came down to the wire as well, so the good quarterback in there gets my good for the weekend. Yeah, it's great. The whole weekend of football from Thursday on was spectacular. Very dramatic. Stroud has how many 300-yard games now? Four Four in a row? row. Four in a row. Carmen said that's more than Justin Fields has in his career. Justin's got one. One. It happened against, was it Denver or Washington? Don't I have that right? It was Washington, Washington, right? It was no, it was Denver. Denver wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was Denver. Am I right that he's only got one yeah, 300 yard game? One. I thought it was his first 300 yard game. Mm. Charlie, uh, yeah, my good is the Heisman race right now. It seems like every year, like this is the first year in a while where heading into championship weekend, we don't have a de facto decided winner. Bo Nix is the favorite right now. If he wins the Pac-12, he's going to get it, but it's still not set in stone who's going to win like it is every year. And these quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, and Knicks have just been incredible this year. It's been fun to watch. That's that's for sure. Uh, my bad is what you were talking about, Bulls-related. They lost 118-109. They had a 20-point-plus lead in this game and then ended up trailing by, what was it, 20? I think it's the first time in franchise history. Did they trail by 20? I believe, or at the very least, it was a double-digit lead that the Nets had for a good portion of the second half. And by the way, in the process, I also believe that this was a franchise record. They gave up 25 three-point shots. Do you see what Stacy's been preaching? What's that? I saw him on Twitter. He says, you, what will solve the problem is more post-ups by Vooch. They have shot more threes this year, significantly more threes. They're not making them at a very high rate comparatively, but I don't know if more post-ups... I'm no basketball expert, so I don't, I can't, I can't comment on that. I do know this: better defense would help. They gave up 25 of 53 three-point shots, which was like a 47 percent clip. No team in 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 club history 
had ever made 25 threes on that. This team is historically bad. Yeah. Can I piggyback on this? Yeah. For as much as I'm not watching, I do have both sides. Um, but I can't get rid of that. DeMar DeRozan, what, I forget which days this happened. Whether it was Thursday or Wednesday, it was sometime over the long weekend. The day they played Toronto. And late in the game, DeMar got thrown out because he started arguing, I think, with Toronto over he thought Toronto was rubbing it in. and But Toronto, and I told you about this earlier last week, when the 76ers, Embiid was into this because in, in tournament games, point differential matters. And um, Toronto was scoring late because in these tournament games... The more points you score, the better it is for your team and and advancing into the tournament. The last thing DeMar DeRozan should be worried about is the Toronto Raptors rubbing it in. You are so bad that you're getting offended that the Toronto Raptors are rubbing it in, rubbing it in on a loss. Maybe you ought to kick it inside more for Vooch to post yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's for sure. He got let, tossed with, what, 1.7 seconds left? Let, like, oh, no. The Raptors are making us look bad. Oh, no. The Raptors, the Toronto Raptors are showing us up. Which, by the way, my daughter last year was sitting on the sidelines screaming at them right. as they were missing free throws. Like, this is what the Bulls have resorted. One guy wants to trade. The other guy's bitching about the Raptors rubbing it in. Vooch isn't getting enough post-ups. This team is so unlikable. Oh, and Pat Williams wants $200 million too. Yeah, right. Have we had an edit? Uh, like, has anybody edited that story or that thought? Like, can, can they kick it down to, like, 20 I think million? it's just been laughed off the stage pretty okay. much at this point. That had to be one of his representatives kicking that thought, right? It Where couldn't have been Pat. Pat doesn't from? even talk, does he? I don't know that I've ever heard Patrick Williams speak. I don't speak. know. I don't know. that. Does Michael Reinsdorf speak? I, I, I would either. like to hear if he's angry. I know AK doesn't speak. The only word that AK knows is continuity. He doesn't say anything other than continuity. Your continuity sucks, my friend. This whole thing is a disaster. It can't last much longer, can no, it? No, like, I think I, I, I think Billy Donovan's going to get fired before Matt Eberflus. That's my hot take today. And they're going to have to move all these players too, right? When is the NBA trade deadline? February. February. First yeah, week of February. Yeah, and I think as soon as some of the players who were signed in the offseason can be traded, which is mid-December, I think Zach's getting dealt. So I think Zach's going to get dealt sometime mid-December. Yeah, so you're going to wait for other players to reach this period? Well, who, right. who, who signed. Right. Like, right. It will open up more possibilities of deals. Because you have to match salaries and all that stuff. But basically, yeah, you have to get to that either December 15th threshold or January 15th threshold, and that'll open up a lot of possibilities there. Uh, my bet from the weekend took place on Black Friday, and that was Iowa and Nebraska. They hit another historic under. 
23 or 24 and a half was where it closed at and it went 23 and boy it was a sweat down the stretch um also there was a, a great moment in this game too nebraska was trying to attempt a 50 something yard field goal into the wind and they send the field goal unit out there and forget to send their kicker out there what? burn a timeout and then punt it oh boy it was a disaster of a game and Iowa, 10-2, and two, is going to the Big Ten Championship. Did you hear Carm read these scores earlier today in their last six games? Their last six games have been the following. They beat Wisconsin 15-6, to six, lost to Minnesota 12-10, to 10, beat Northwestern 10-7, beat Rutgers 22-0, to zero, beat Illinois 15-13, to 13, and they just beat Nebraska 13-10. to 10. It's incredible. Did you hear what their... Their team total is against Michigan? No, I didn't see it. I think it's 11 and a half. That is very high. <laughs> that's high? That's extremely Well, for them. For Iowa, that's for high? Iowa, that's high. Well, I'm not saying in comparison, but like just my, I would have guessed it was like six and a half or seven is and a half. any chance that Michigan gets past Ohio State, Harbaugh's back on the sidelines, and they lose. And they get upset oh, that, that by would be Iowa. One, that would be one of the biggest upsets. That's what I'm asking. Is that is that in the cards? Jesse was in pondering that too on Friday. Would it be the biggest upset? I mean, we see. I, I think Michigan was a 23 and a half or 24 and a half point favorite. Like they're 23. S- they're uh, it's, they're minus 20. It opened at minus 22, and I believe now it's 23. Yeah, like we see that level of upset every single year, but just like the story of right. Iowa and the fact that they don't like they're under is 10 and 2 this year. If you played the under in every single Iowa game this year, you would be 10 and 2 on the season. I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's let's give their football. Let's give their defense some credit, though. Really? Yes, they're a good defense. I know, but the no, but under isn't play- based on their defense. I it's based it. on how horrible I'm their offense saying, is. I'm just saying, listen, as bad as their offense is, and I love to get kick them as much as anybody. At the very least. As bad as their offense is, their defense is pretty good. Their defense is good, but if you look at the teams they've gone up against, like, okay, they've played, well, they played uh, Penn State earlier in the year, thirty-one nothing. So they let up thirty-one points, and we've seen how bad that Penn State offense looks against good teams. Don't tell James Franklin that. All right, uh, don't tell him what, his defense is bad. What's your dirty? Uh, my, my dirty was Frank Reich getting fired by David Tepper, probably because Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, and they drafted Bryce Young, and it didn't go the way that the owner wanted. This is how life goes in the NFL with a billionaire owner. And and they fired Josh McCown. And they fired Josh E. And don't bury the lead there. Um, Did you see the story with Chris Paul and Scott Foster again? I did. Scott Foster officiated another game where Chris Paul was playing in, and you know, like, he's got a terrible record when that happens. He got kicked out of that game, and then after the game, he accused Scott Foster of talking about his son. And they were, they were doing all lip-reading too. Someone was who's a lip-reading expert tried to um, lip-read the conversation they were having when he got kicked out, and no one could lip-read Scott Foster saying anything about his son. So, But, but yet, the, he was mic'd up, and you could hear the accusation of Chris Paul saying on the court, he's talking about my son. He's talking about my son. And then on the post game press conference, 
Chris Paul again said that Scott Foster was talking about his son. Something's really dirty about what's going on in this relationship. Scott Foster should not be able to officiate any games that Chris Paul plays in. It's a very odd situation. But um, it was it was weird what happened over the weekend. That's my dirty. My dirty was the conclusion of the Iron Bowl. Fourth and goal oh, from the 31. So good. Unbelievable play. Do we have play. sound of that? But we do have the highlight from CBS. Maybe. Charlie? Maybe not. Charlie. Charlie! But there's a lot of airspace to cover for Milrow. Charlie. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught! Touchdown, Alabama! Isaiah Bond on a fourth and a mile. We always keep thinking we've seen it all, and we never have, have we? It's great. Did you see, too, that Saban was asked by, like, an Auburn uh, reporter about them getting lucky? And Saban went through the the kick six game and all the times that they didn't score in that game. And he's like, well, look, I could play that game, too. You That's guys fantastic. have been fortunate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to match wits with Nick Saban or, you know, red assness. Because he's going to get you. He's going to get you. Charlie? My dirty is uh, just everything going on in New England right now. The Mac Jones quarterback situation, everything regarding Bill Belichick, whether or not he's going to be ceremoniously fired or unceremoniously fired. That whole situation is just a complete mess right now. They're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. I can't imagine. Who would hire him? Nobody. What about Washington? Isn't that the rumor? Really? Why? Because you want to look like this version of the Patriots? I don't know. Like, I'm out now, too. Greatest head coach in NFL history. And none, none of, and again, maybe it was that none of it works and that the assistants were a good example of it. And the only reason why it worked in New England was because of Tom Brady. Could be. Like, like everyone's like, well, none of Tom, none of the Belichick assistants work because he's not Belichick. Well, maybe the only reason Belichick was working because of was because of Tom Brady. Could be. And and by the way, they spent a fourth round kick, uh, pick on their kicker, yeah. Chad Ryland. Yeah, who's twelve for eighteen this year? He and can't missed draft. A fourth round pick on that cat that that he missed that field goal in the waning seconds yesterday. He can't draft anybody. I believe they drafted a punter too. Oh, jeez. What are you doing? Yes, they did in the sixth round. Oh, jeez. They drafted a I kicker in the fourth round. Their whole special teams. All right, uh, our Bears pregame show is starting 12 minutes from right now. We'll wrap things up and then Bears pregame in action on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. All right, Sylvie's already bailed. He went upstairs to get prepared for his network uh, duty. Uh, by the way, uh, Twitch and YouTube is brought to you by our friends at Few Whiskey. Fortune fancies the bold. And guess what? If you want to come uh, watch the game with me tonight out at uh, Hooters, uh, 8225 West Higgins Road. It's up by the airport. I'll be there 7 to 9. 
Uh, we'll be giving away some prizes there, watching the game, having a couple of drinks, and just uh, enjoying a Bears game against the Minnesota Vikings. And, and guys, before we get out of here, I would just ask you, final uh, predictions. I have the Bears actually staying in this game, but losing this game 24-23. Would you like to... Uh, contribute a prediction, Tyler? I think it's going to be a close one as well. I think it's going to come down to the last possession, but I have the Vikings winning 26-24. 26-24, close game. And Chucky, what do you have before you go off to your uncle's or your cousin's house and get all hammered up? I have the Vikings just covering the spread. They win 24-20. So we all have the Bears losing in a very close game. Uh, Eberflus doesn't win these divisional games. It's a good point. Until they start winning some of these games, I just can't get myself to pick them. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, you'll get the network pregame of course with Sylvie Dion and Lance Briggs. And also, you'll hear the game right here on ESPN 1000. 7 o'clock after the game, Peggy and Yurko will have the post game, And then the post post game with Mellor, Pat the designer, and Jason McKee. That'll be from 12.45 to 2.45 AM and hopefully they'll be talking about a Bears win, although we've all predicted that they will lose a close game. Here we go. Bears and Vikings. Bears look to get a division win for the first time in 13 tries. The network pregame is up next.